Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the School of Humanity. My name is Rachel Bowman here with my husband, Jason Bowman. And we are so excited to be back with you again. And this is episode 18. It's awesome. That's a lot. That's a lot of episodes. It's hard to believe. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to us. We still are incredibly blown away when we hear about anyone listening to these podcasts. Um, And so thank you so much. But tonight we are going to continue, of course, with our discernment of spirits. We only have three rules left. And dare I say, this is when it gets really good. These rules, um, (laughs) I mean, they're all fantastic, but I really especially like Rule 12, 13, and 14 just because I feel like they explain themselves almost um, and are just fun to discuss. Let's dive in. Well, first, before we dive in, we have to tell everybody that we had a baby. We did have a baby. (laughs) And so 14 days ago, oh my gosh, she's two weeks old. Um, So we did Abigail Magdalene came into the world on May 1st. Um, and that was actually the feast day of St. Joseph the Worker. And Abigail means in love Hebrew, of the... In Hebrew, right? In Hebrew, yeah. Love of the Father. Joy of the Father. Okay, joy of the Father. And so it's just a beautiful day for her to come into the world. And she, um, we were just up all night Sunday night. Well, I was up all night <laughs> Sunday night with um, contractions. Jason was up, you know, every every now and then just to ask me if I was still having contractions. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> And uh, I would say yes, and then he would roll back over and go back to sleep, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. how it went down? Um, <laughs> and so the next day, I just thought, I said, I think, I think it's it. I think today's the day. Um, we didn't actually discover that her name meant that until we looked into it, right? Right. Like, so. we found out it was Saint, Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, and then, I don't know, what, did something... No, I think I knew about the Abigail thing, but I didn't tell anybody. I just didn't think it was... I thought it was cool, but I didn't think that it was applicable. And then, of course. It's awesome. Then that night I was like, wait a minute, it's St. Joseph the Worker. And then I put two and two together. Um, All of our children, just a side note, they all have kind of strange things like that occur. Um, Gabriel, Gabriel doesn't have a weird name thing, does he? I don't don't think think so. so. But Gabriel was Gabriel Thomas after St. Thomas Aquinas. And right. Jeremiah is Jeremiah Gustin, and he was actually born on St. Monica's feast day. So he was one, one day shy of uh, St. Augustine's feast day. And then Gemma is named after St. Gemma Galgani, and she was actually born on St. Gemma's feast day. And that was the one that was just like mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> and because um, she was three weeks early or two and a half or something like that. Right, right. And then... Um, and now we have Abigail, the joy of the father, born on St. Joseph the Worker's Feast Day. Yeah. So pretty fantastic. Um, and I'm not sure we can keep this track record up. You know, if we, if, if we, <laughs> if we continue having children, we're going to have to plan like around feast days just so that we can keep it going. So no one feels left out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So anyway, thank you so much for all of your prayers. And we had yeah. a beautiful um, delivery and recovery I'm still recovering, right? Um, but still, You're doing amazing. still doing well, you know. And Jason's been fantastic. He's he's had to wear a cape on most days because he's been playing mommy and daddy, and mommy's just been. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're the hero. <laughs> <laughs> mommy's just sitting there watching him, like, 
not really able to do anything. So yeah. <laughs> it's been great. And um, the children, of course, have all acclimated very well. Yeah, they've responded well. Jeremiah loves her and just sits there and holds her. Yes, it's it's a fight every afternoon. You know, who do I get? Who, who, who gets, gets to, to hold her? her? We yeah. have to put on a timer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. So anyway, rule 12. And if you remember last time, we, we obviously ended with rule 11. And we talked about the fact that um, the rules about spiritual desolation, spiritual consolation, really call us into trying to live a life of balance. You know, the Lord calls us to live and not always in desolation, not fully in consolation all the time, you know, especially here on this earth, because that is not what this earth is made for. Is that correct? Insane? Am I saying, was that that heretical? What did I just say? (laughs) (laughs) I would say what you're, the heart of what you're trying to get at is that, that balance, so to say, is that whether we are facing situations that are innately you know, um, against us or hard or whether we are in times of joy, um, we can always be with the Lord, right? And you're so good. Depend on him. That is what I meant to say. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. We got each other's back, you know, the whole marriage thing. Um, so now we dive into rules 12, 13 and 14 and what's great about these rules is that they're metaphors. So they, they present um, a metaphor when they describe the enemy. Right. Um, and the metaphor is then applied to show a quality of the enemy's deceptive action. So it's to show you what he's doing and why, why he's doing that. Um, and each one of these things also point toward an unnatural order. We'll probably get in a little bit more into that with each one. But they each point to a natural order, um, and they reveal the enemy's plan and our response. And the other thing that's really important to remember here, too, is that in these rules, the enemy now escalates into becoming the enemy of human nature. Right. Which is very apropos, given that this podcast is called The School of Humanity. Right. Also, just to give you guys a visual, my belly is much smaller now, so now I can like sit up. And, and it's phenomenal. And have the podcast and be feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm like actively participating, um, because when my belly was much rounder, I was always constantly having to lay back and, right, you know, it was not it was more passive participation right. than active right. participation. Um, so anyway, it's a whole new world over here at the Bowman House. So it's exciting. The um, the other thing to note um, that you have not about my belly, not about your belly, no. is that you know. Most of the folks, these rules is how to deal with desolation, right? And um, even when we were talking about consolation, we were talking about it somewhat in reference to To what you should do in order to prepare for the next desolation. So these rules, these last metaphors are shift a little bit in terms of, they talk about temptations from the enemy um, too, which often occur in desolation, right? It's when you're, you know... Yeah, I always love the fact Feeling that you, down. Yeah, you don't like win the lottery and then all of a sudden you go on like You're, a sinning spree. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh and you also don't you also don't seek consolation from the Lord when you are in whatever kind of consolation it may be, whether whether it be just um non spiritual or spiritual consolation. Um with the example of winning the lottery, you're not going to go win the lottery unless you're super 
pious, which, you know, you and I are. So, right. Right. So if we won the lottery, we would immediately go and pray and see consolation from the Lord. But most people would already be in the car, right? Because I think you have to go somewhere to claim your prize. <laughs> Not that I've looked into that and hope that that would ever happen for us. Um, <laughs> but, um, that would be the ruin of us. It would be the ruin of us. This is our final podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> oh my gosh um let's move on jason stop getting us off on the <laughs> field um so the 12th rule bring it in scene the 12th rule the 12th the enemy acts like a woman in being okay that just always makes me laugh anytime that i read this rule um that the enemy acts like a woman so just deal with it ladies and let's we'll talk about it in just a second. The enemy acts like a woman in being weak when faced with strength and strong when faced with weakness. For as it is proper to a woman when she is fighting with some man to lose heart and to flee when the man confronts her firmly. And on the contrary, if the man begins to flee, losing heart, the anger, vengeance, and ferocity of the woman grow greatly and know no bounds. In the same way, it is proper to the enemy to weaken and lose heart fleeing and ceasing his temptations when the person who is exercising himself in spiritual things confronts the temptations of the enemy firmly, doing what is diametrically opposed to them. And on the contrary, if the person who is exercising himself begins to be afraid and lose heart in suffering the temptations, there is no beast so fierce on the face of the earth as the enemy of human nature in following out his damnable intention with such growing malice." So, should we get right to the heart of what we're talking about here? Or do you want to go to the defense of, well, of the saint? And We have to go to the defense a little bit, because there are some people that we may have lost just, just right. with the, the <laughs> linguistics of the rule, you know. Um, I know the first time that I read this, uh, I kind of laughed for a while, Um about the fact that this is about a woman. But we have to remember, too, that this is not about a woman. It isn't. It's about you know? a, a situation in which... St. Ignatius is not attacking your femininity, right. ladies. <laughs> so A situation between a man and a woman who are arguing, fighting with each other. And um, he's not in particular trying to call out the way of femininity, obviously, because this is a disordered situation, like you said before in which a woman is uh, fighting with a man. And, of course, we're meant to be gifts to one another. Um, what he's trying to call to mind here is rather that if the enemy comes at you and you give ear to his temptations, right? if you are weak, then he will be... You'll yeah, be strong. Strong with you, yeah. Unwielding. However, if you know the temptation comes and you are firm with him, he will he will show his weakness, which is a beautiful thing to think about because we always think of the enemy as really strong and and ourselves as very weak. But this is calling out the truth here. It's. It's setting the captives free, you know. Right. And there's another metaphor. Um, there's a book by David Fleming, which he goes through and he explores the the spiritual exercise as well. It's called Draw Me Into Your Friendship. 
And in there he gives a, a, a contrary metaphor, not contrary, but a parallel metaphor about right. um, dealing with spoiled children. Right. So that if you, um, if you stick to your guns, you know, the spoiled children will eventually weaken in their cries for whatever they want. You right. know, but if you if you are wayward with them, we don't know what that's like. I am so guilty of this. Oh my gosh, Jason <laughs> is the worst. Um, <laughs> and let me give you guys an example. So Gabriel was like two or three years old, and Gabriel's like, "Mommy, I really want Daddy to put me in bed." Okay, first of all, he obviously didn't talk like that at two or three years old, um, but it was something along the lines of "Daddy, bed me." And so um, I said, okay, well, daddy can put you in bed. So I go to Jason and I go, listen, he gets his story and then you lay him down and you leave the room. Yep. Jason's like, yeah, okay, I got this. So It's easy. So I'm sitting in the living room. I'm kind of winding down from the day and Jason takes him into bed. And I think like an hour went by, like a ridiculous amount of time. (laughs) And he comes back out. No, wait, sorry. An hour goes by and Gabriel comes out and I go, hey, buddy. I was like, what What are you doing? And he goes, nothing. And I was like, well, where's daddy? And he's like, he's still in my room. So I'm thinking he must be asleep. So like you fell asleep reading him a story or something. Well, anyway, I go in there. Jason's wide awake. Like you're just sitting there. I was like, what are you doing? And I said, you're supposed to put him in bed. And you said, <laughs> he said he wasn't tired. I was defeated, okay? Oh, my gosh. And I remember telling you, like, he's two or three or how old, old he is. It's like, of course he's going to tell you he's not tired. Um, but Jason is king of the... It's hard to be firm with them, you know? Oh I love them, and gosh. I want them, you know, to have what they want. Honey, is that what God would do with No, you? it's not. Okay. I've learned. I'm better now. You got to be Love like the father, honey. Love like the father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so that's that's actually probably a more applicable metaphor if you wanted to find a metaphor for today because a lot of people wouldn't be able to, um, not just because of the language of the woman versus man thing, but they a, a lot of people might not be able to, to relate to that kind of metaphor right. um, in this time. But the important thing about linguistics too is to remember that it's not just about a woman. It's about a person fighting with another person and that, that being a disordered and unnatural order mm-hmm. of things. Right. So. Um, In terms of our spiritual life, though, how do we apply this rule? Right. So, you know, <clears throat> I think that the first thing that comes to my mind is always, you know, I... I feel like, you know, discipline in our prayer life is absolutely important to becoming a saint into becoming the uh, person that God is wa- wants you to be and to grow in your spiritual life to be able to maneuver these times of desolation um, appropriately and to always remain in God's presence so I've resolved in my life to make times for prayer you know right um, and there are times especially at the end of the day when that little voice slips in and is like, you don't need to pray. You can do that later. You've been very holy uh, today. Your wife that, that's not really one of the needs you. That comes in. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't pray today. Right. You're um, really tired. Your kids 
you know, don't take the time to pray. You're taking time away from your family. Um, all kinds of ways that it can be voiced. And, uh, right. And so if you immediately are firm against that, because you remember you made these decisions when you were in consolation, if you're firm, then you will quickly see that temptation flee, and you'll have time in prayer that's beautiful, and you realize the weakness of of the enemy. Right. But if you give in even a little, like, yeah, you know, I can always do that later. Or even say, like, I'm not going to spend that much time then. Maybe right. I'll just go pray for a minute. Usually this happens, like, let's say 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock when it's you're kind of tired, but it's not like super tired. So then you decide to put it off. Right. And you're like, okay, I'll just pray, like, right before I go to bed, I'll do night prayer. And then you get in the bed and you're like, oh, my gosh. This bed. <laughs> best thing ever now it's even harder right because now you've 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 given ear to the temptation mm-hmm. and so it's it's grown and grown and grown and so it takes even more grace to free you uh to make the right decision and to stand firm right you know yeah they definitely um father gallagher uses the metaphor of the snowball effect yeah not the dave ramsey small snowball effect we're talking about something else in a um, bad way yeah um, and so he uses the snowball effect and the fact that like if a snowball is starting at the top of the mountain it's much easier to stop the snowball when it's very small and you can just reach out your fingertip and stop it you know at the top of the mountain right. but if you continue to let the snowball escalate and get bigger and bigger it may it won't be stopped even if you used all of your might you yeah. know towards the end of the mountain um and so it's definitely a crucial moment that you have to resist the enemy the instance that they try to tempt you. Um, And so that whole prayer thing is a perfect example of that. Um, I'm sure the enemy loves to placate, and he always placates on the things that are the most powerful against him, like prayer, Mm -hmm. attending mass. Right. You know, Um, I think there are a lot of people that fall into the temptation of, you know, I'm out of town right now. Right. So I really don't need to go to mass today. Right. I mean, not a big, I can watch Mass on EWTN. Right. I'm sure it's the same thing. Um, we could have given into that, you know, given this time of recuperation for me. Right. Um, but it's been a really beautiful thing to be able to have communion services here at the house and to receive the Eucharist um, as EMs for our diocese and, of, and for our church. And um, to have the blessing of being able to do that here. Right. Um, but, you know, you miss the community still of Mass, and, and whether or not we realize it, we, we definitely miss that. And so um, the other thing that's really, I think, really important here to remember, too, is that almost like the heart of Rule 12 is that the enemy is essentially weak. Yep. And that he is essentially just a, a punk like a kid. Little, yeah, he really is. He's <laughs> like a spoiled child. He is uh, yeah. so bad. I, I think any time that I've had, I won't call them spiritual direction, but I've I've like t- spoken to someone about their spiritual life, and I eventually, almost every time, you know, once we discover what the enemy is at work doing, I inevitably say something like, you know, the enemy is just weak. Like if we can just remember that he's very small. Right. We make him so much larger than he actually is. Yeah. 
that if we can remember that, you know, there's so much grace that we can draw from that in our lives. Um, but the other thing too, that, that first initial response, I love the fact that he says in the rule to do what is diametrically opposed right. to you at that moment. Right. So I know like a couple of podcasts ago, I gave the example of, um, like when I'm, I'm really tired in the afternoon and the kids want to cuddle <laughs> and I like am grouchy and don't want to be touched or something. Um, you know, there were times when I had to do what was diametrically opposed to that, you know. They would, like, go up to cuddle with me. I'd be like, I don't want you to touch me right now because I'm grouchy. And diametrically opposed to that would be me just wrapping my arms around them and being enraptured right. in them. And it almost immediately yeah, takes it'll, away, it'll go away. That, um, that part of me that wanted to do what was unnatural, you know. Right. And so have you ever had anything like that? Where you felt like, yeah, I mean, for me, it is kind of like that—that that, um, just fatigue, you know, that spiritual like fatigue or laziness that I feel. Um, I've never felt spiritual and, laziness, uh, so. <laughs> and you just don't want to pray. That—that's kind of where I keep going with it, and so what what I'm inclined to do is like do something that's uncomfortable, like stand up if I'm really tired or get on my knees, you know, right. like on a floor that hurts, you know, um, and make an effort to actually pray instead of, you know, turning on the TV or, um, looking on Facebook, all those things. Cause those, those are just so overwhelmingly hard to say no to, once you start it, you know, one, right. one Facebook scroll turns into a hundred before you know it. And, and no one here has ever done that. No one that's listening for 30 minutes, you know, or an hour or something. And it's like, wow. Um, now it's overwhelmingly <laughs> hard. <laughs> we actually had that moment tonight. We were, we were thinking about <clears throat> buying like a mattress, a new mattress for our room. Um, and uh, it was like a Craigslist type thing, so it was kind of sketchy. <laughs> so we were trying to research it or whatever, but our research turned into like, like 30, 45 minutes of us just sitting on the couch right. <laughs> trying to find it, you know. And so um, we knew that tonight was the night that we really needed to record a podcast. And uh, I was like, are we still looking? <laughs> and so, I mean, it's yeah. just so easy because there's so much knowledge at our fingertips that... I don't even know if it's real knowledge, just information. I wouldn't even right. say knowledge. There's just information everywhere. So it's definitely very easy to uh, to kind of get taken into that. Um, <sighs> I love this. Um, there's a, a writing that Ignatius sent to one of his spiritual daughters, um, which that he talks about her a lot in the book, Teresa. Um Rehadel, I think is what he says is her name. But he talks about the fact that she um, she was on a retreat, you know, and faced a difficult time kind of thing. And what he writes to her is so good. But he talks about, you know, those, those things of being able to identify and take action and, and realize where you are. I'm saying them all wrong. Awareness, um, to understand, and then to take action. Those are the big three, right? Right. Um, so 
he goes on to tell her that like once you've done all these things, uh, we can thus see what causes our fear and weakness. And this is what he says it is. This is so good. It is too prolonged gaze at such times on our miseries. Right. We allow ourselves to be laid low by his misleading suggestions. For this reason, it is necessary for us to be aware of our opponent. So good. So it should be almost like a, a reflex or a spontaneous reaction to just immediately dismiss those it does. those temptations, those that Ugh. heaviness of heart, and so that we can once again remember it's super the joy annoying. of the resurrection. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I don't. I will definitely have those kind of moments take me away, and like we said, they they happen usually when your vulnerabilities are at their at their highest, you know, when you're tired or you're already frustrated or, um, but you imagine all these things, you know, like, man, we've really got to get this room painted and we've got a busted pipe in the house and we wanted to do this and wanted to do that. And you just start listing all of your miseries and all of your shortcomings, all the things that you lack, right? you know, and all those things are just nothing in comparison to what you have. You know, the things that you possess. It's so crazy how quickly we will give him in the ear. Yeah. And how quickly he'll start shouting. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, it usually starts with something small, right? And then you go through all these other things that you think make like life miserable, and then before you know it, you don't even know what the first thing was. You're right. just like, how did I get here? How am You're I mad? How am I swimming in the mud now? Uh, like someone might have made a snide comment that you took to heart, you know about. Um, well, I remember that one time when someone challenged your vocation to motherhood, basically. Yes. And the old man in mass. Be- before mm-hmm. you know it, you know now. Now I'm like I'm your a horrible whole day mother. Is ruined, you know, and ev- I should never go to mass right. again. <laughs> Super irrational. I should never go to mass again. All old people hate me. That right. kind of thing. <laughs> right. So, so those little things pop up all the time. Maybe in our I lives. need to discipline my children more. Right. So you know. It's crazy. I yeah. mean, you just you, he he loves it when it's right to the heart of your vocation. It is. Too. You give him a little, a little, yeah. and it, usually ninety eight percent of the time, it's always to the heart of your vocation. You just yeah. don't know it. Yeah. How many saints you know that you read about too? Like where it's like their day of their ordination or they're um, taking their vows, like Saint right. Therese, you know, and the enemy. A little suggestion, like you know, how could you ever do this? Um, You'll never you be know, good enough. You'll never be good enough. Or look how hard this is. You think you can do this for another 50 years, you know, right. sacrifice yourself? You can't do this, you know? And that heaviness sets in, and then you're like, your whole vocation is challenged, and now hope disappears and despair sets in. And uh, so I love that last little um, that last little blurb of like taking that and, and just smashing Dashing it, it against Christ. Against Christ, yeah. Yeah, that the was rock, from uh, you know. St. Benedict. Yeah, yeah St. Benedict. Just dash that against Christ. I love that. It's so spiritually true. It I is. mean, if you just cast that and reject it immediately and turn to him who is the rock, you know, um, of yeah, your life. Yeah, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to um, to look at the the cross, you know, and, and to look at it, of course, as sacrifice, but to also look at it as beauty and that everything that, you know, the, the cross is, is victory for us. Um, yeah. So beautiful, but we are at the end 
of our podcast. Okay. This evening. Um, gosh, I can't believe how just off track you got us tonight. So hopefully people learned things despite your distractions. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did. You know. I mean, you did just have a baby, so that could be what's going on. <laughs> You're just distracted by all of that. Um, <laughs> but thank you again, dear podcast listener, for being there and for your prayers and um, and hopefully for joining us again next week. Right? We love you. God we bless. Do. God bless. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bullman. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.